Republicans lose Georgia, Trump delivers a fiery speech in DC, and then the Capitol gets stormed. I will be getting into that and more on The William Hall Show. The last two days have been absolutely insane when it comes down to the news that has come out. And it's honestly pretty surprising. But I first of all just want to kind of briefly go over what happened in Georgia. Basically, there was John Ossoff, which was running against David Perdue. Uh, that race was pretty much called for John Ossoff. It's it's not going to basically happen for Republicans there. Um, and then also Kelly Leffler, which was also running, basically lost that as well. And Honestly, if you were paying attention to that night on, uh, on with anything that was going on, you would be able to basically tell that it was very similar to what happened on November 3rd. There was a Republican lead about an hour into the counting, and then at about 1 a.m. at night, all of a sudden the counting stopped and everything flipped. So not entirely sure what was going on down there. I'm not entirely sure if, and a lot of it may be Dominion. It might be the voting systems there. It's hard to tell. It might be that a lot of people just weren't willing to vote for these candidates, specifically Kelly Leffler, which has kind of ruined her reputation even further recently based off of her statements yesterday, which I'll be getting into later. But the, the weirdness around the situation is that Georgia hasn't been represented by a Democrat since 2005. So when it, things like this flip, that hard, there's obviously something else at play. I, I don't know exactly what that might have been, but it does kind of harken back to Dominion, the things that happened on November 3rd. Was there fraud in this election too? There probably was. Or was it just the fact that people didn't believe in these candidates because they're kind of your institutional Republicans that kind of go with the flow. They don't really stand up for really anything at all. Now, the, the outcome of this dual runoff basically means that the Senate is going to be split 50-50. So if the, on the face of it, it just kind of sounds like, okay, well, what's the big deal? Um, obviously, we had a majority previously, but being split 50-50 just primarily means that maybe we, they just won't be able to come to much of a decision, but that's not entirely true. So with Republicans holding half the seats in the chamber and the Democrats, that's also including two independents that typically go with Democrats as well. Um and then also holding 50 seats in the chamber for the Democrats as well. Uh, a vice president like Kamala Harris could be the tiebreaker. And that's a problem. <laughs> so if votes or whatever is trying to be passed in the Senate, it gets a split decision. We already know where that's basically going to go. That does give Democrats a big edge in the Senate at this point um, because of this loss in Georgia. So it is definitely a big deal. We basically lost the Senate. So... It definitely looks suspicious based off of, like I said, the things that happened on the the night of that election, that runoff election. And we'll have to see exactly what comes out of all of this. But right now, I think the biggest takeaway is that this is a massive loss for us. And I don't know where we go from there, you know, but to be honest, a lot of people have lost faith in Republicans, especially as of yesterday, which I'll also be getting into later. People don't trust Republicans to do what they say they're going to do because most of them don't. And the, of course, problem with that logic is that 
you're basically giving Democrats a free win when it comes down to what they want to do. If we split, they win 100% of the time. That's just a fact. So we'll see where that goes, but pretty much it's not it's not good news. It's not good news. Anybody telling you that there's good news in Georgia is lying to you at this point. So starting off the crazy events yesterday, there was basically this massive MAGA rally that was taking place in D.C. And Trump delivered a fiery speech where he slammed into the fake news and into the rest of the chaos that's basically been going on in the lead up to yesterday. We have hundreds of thousands of people here, and I just want them to be recognized by the fake news media. Turn your cameras, please, and show what's really happening out here, because these people are not going to take it any longer. They're not going to take it any longer. Go ahead, turn your cameras, please, would you show? They came from all over the world, actually, but they came from all over our country. I just really want to see what they do. I just want to see how they cover it. I've never seen anything like it, but uh, it would be really great if we could be covered fairly by the media. The media is the biggest problem we have, as far as I'm concerned, single biggest problem. The fake news and the big tech. Big tech is now coming into their own. We beat them four years ago. We surprised them. We took them by surprise, and this year, they rigged an election. They rigged it like they've never rigged an election before. And by the way, last night they didn't do a bad job either, if you notice. Now, obviously, he's referring to the events of Georgia, basically saying that it's a rigged election, that it, we, are, we already know that there's something very odd that happened in Georgia. And what the media is so mad about is, is, at, is at Trump making certain statements, certain statements that very well may be true, but... They're particularly mad at him about what he said in this particular clip. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. And that's what this is all about. And to use a favorite term that all of you people really came up with, we will stop the steal. We will not concede. And, I mean, he shouldn't. That, that's just the way that it is. Now, he kind of issued a statement later basically doing just that. But, you know, to me, the, the biggest takeaway from this entire speech, and there's, there's so much to it, but the, the biggest takeaway is that there's a lot of support and rallying behind Trump, as there should be. And a lot of people are basically turning on the Republican Party because of Trump. Trump is this larger-than-life figure. He's this person that has been really the best president in U.S. history, or at least for a large portion of U.S. history, because he actually did a lot of the stuff that he said he was going to do. So to see... Him coming out and, and being this big personality on stage yesterday definitely kind of got people riled up and fired up to fight against what was going on. So at the same time as I feel like a lot of people right now are kind of concerned about what happened yesterday, and I'll cover more of the different reports that are coming out there as well, but the, the big takeaway from this speech is that Trump is still fighting, that a lot of people 
maybe probably the majority of the Republican Party, as far as voters, are still supporting Trump. And no matter what a lot of the Republican candidates try to do, uh, it's going to be kind of tough if they don't align that way. Now, Trump had he had uh, Donald Trump Jr. on the stage as well, where he was basically kind of saying some of some of these similar things, basically saying all of what we're thinking. And a lot of what was said there is very well the truth. These are real concerns about voter integrity. These are real concerns about where our country is going in the future. And Trump is that person that is supposed to and is going to be able to help us through these tough and crazy times. And the fact is, is that no matter how we want to view Trump as abrasive or not, he's a person that has done what he said that he was going to do. And I think that that matters more than pretty much anything else. And that has caused for a lot of division, a lot of division amongst Republicans, because a lot of the establishment Republicans don't like the guy at all. And many of them said that they're going to stand with him and don't stand with him. So basically what has happened is shortly after that speech, Trump effectively left and the crowd basically made their way from where they were in D.C. to the Capitol building. And this is where things started to get a little bit crazy. And I'm saying a little bit, but it got very, very, very crazy. Uh, people were hurt. And there's a lot of differing opinions, needless to say, from different conservatives about these things. So the session basically started uh, when Congress was basically meeting to have a session. It started and objections were being raised towards Arizona. And Arizona was the biggest... Uh, or one, obviously just one of the swing states where there were obviously a lot of, uh, there was a lot of evidence of voter fraud and everything was immediately brought to a stop. And I was watching this live and I heard what was going on and I heard some slamming and some other weird noises. And then the stream basically cut off from president Trump to vice president Biden or completely erased from president Trump's totals. The proof is in the counting curves, the curves that cannot occur except with odds so rare and unlikely that winning the Mega Millions lottery is more probable. Uh, Madam, uh, uh, Mr. Speaker, can I have order in the chamber? The House will be in order. The House will be in order. Okay. The House will be in order. House will be in order. Members will take their seats. The House will be in order. get order we can resume
So pretty much right after this happened, there was a lot of reports kind of swirling around. What happened? Effectively, what happened is that a group of protesters made their way into the Capitol building. Now, if you're like me, you're probably asking what is a very valid question. How on earth does a group of protesters break in or breach the Capitol building when they had all of these high-profile individuals in there? I mean, they had Pence. They had Nancy Pelosi. They, I mean, all of Congress was basically there. How in the world is it that security is that bad <laughs> that... The, some of the most high-profile people in the country can just be stormed in on at any given point in time, especially knowing that there was a rally right before that, right down the road from there. Now, at least in my opinion, and in the opinion of uh, the opinion of many others, this isn't anything surprising to a degree because. I think a bit of this was kind of planned. I mean, how in the world, if, if they were truly concerned about the actual safety of the people that were in that building, why in the world wasn't there much higher security? There's no way that a flash mob should just be able to kind of show up knowing that there was something, or at least knowing the speech that Trump gave right before that. Now, before these events even took place, a lot of what I think sparked this was the statement that Mike Pence put out where he basically said, I'm not going to object to the electors. Now, he wrote a two-page kind of summary of all of this, going and kind of doing a deep dive into the constitutional philosophy, why he chose to actually do this, and his reasoning behind it. But it kind of is summarized by saying that he didn't feel that the vice president had the ability to really do this, even though they technically did not have the ability to do it. So basically, the, the VP could have actually gone in there and have done that. But at least Pence's interpretation of the law, uh, at least in his understanding, is that he didn't have that power. So therefore, he basically put out this statement. And, and the weird part is that this statement came out literally about 10 minutes before Trump ended his speech. It's almost like he knew this opinion. And just waited and waited and waited till the very last moment to do anything about it, which I think in hindsight is a pretty stupid decision, considering the fact that, you know, they were holding those the session in Congress right after Trump's speech. And it's not that far from there. So you would think that he would have known that and maybe just released it earlier. But once again, and, and honestly, I know a lot of people are surprised about Pence's decision here. I'm personally not. I find his decision dumb. I don't think it makes sense. But at the same time, I feel like he was already going to do this. I, I thought he was probably already going to do this. The reason why, and I'm, and I'm not basing this off of Lynn Wood, is just the fact that if Trump didn't know, which Trump repeated several times in his speech that I hope Pence does the right thing. Uh, I really hope, hope, hope. And these types of statements lead me to believe that Pence has not given him a complete answer on any of this. And if Pence hasn't given him an answer, then there's no way that Pence was actually going to side with Trump. There's no way. So I kind of already saw this coming. So shortly after the, the, the breach happened, we had pictures of people that made it onto the actual floor of the, of, of the main room where they were literally just holding the session about the electors a few minutes before. So everybody was basically rushed into lockdown. Um, I guess Mike Pence was apparently put in a bunker. The There were pictures surfacing of people in Nancy Pelosi's office. 
and reading her emails as well. So a lot of uh, a lot, pretty much an entire breach of the entire building. And most of this in the beginning seemed to be fairly free for these people to do. I mean, they were allowed right there on the Senate floor and there weren't any real police officers there at all. But shortly after that, all of a sudden, state police officers, uh, the National Guard was sent in. A lot of other people were sent in to this area to basically get these protesters out of there. And pretty much after that happened, it, it all stopped. Everybody was pushed back way beyond the borders of the Capitol building. And it was kind of all over from there, basically. But one of the big things that really took place is that a woman got shot. And I'm not going to show that video because it's pretty gruesome. That There was another angle that came out this morning showing the entire thing, basically. Um, I don't believe that. I mean, at least based off of what I saw in the video, she was kind of climbing through kind of one of the windows or something. And then she was just shot dead, basically, um, which is pretty crazy because there were actually police officers behind her. And they didn't really do anything. So there, there was a lot of stuff going on yesterday. There was a lot. And there, there were people injured, obviously. Um, they were using tear gas. They were using pepper spray. They were using uh, rubber bullets on the crowd after the fact to push them back. RSBN has an entire like hour and a half or whatever it is stream of all of the stuff that was going on that day. But there was just a lot happening. And... It was very sad to see. And and the problem is, is that you, the big debate that happened kind of last night about this was, who was it that was there? Now, I've heard people say, those weren't Trump supporters. That was Antifa. That was BLM. And then I heard other people say, well, it's all, you know, conservatives. I, I mean, they were there I, or I was there. We were right there at the steps or whatever. So, you know, the, the thing is, is that we had to keep a decent head on our shoulders here. It can be both. And I think it was both. I think that, you know, some of the bad actors there probably were Antifa and BLM. We had some news stories coming out basically confirming that, uh, the identities of some of the people. But there were also Trump supporters there. Like that lady that got shot, she was a Trump supporter. And and the thing is that that, is, that makes perfect sense. There, there was going to be a lot of different people there. And IDing every single one of them is basically impossible, but we can see that clearly there were several people. Now, the main guy that was on the Senate floor that had the horns and all of the rest of the get up and everything doesn't look like a Trump supporter. But once again, we're just speculating because it just looks ridiculous and, and it does look ridiculous. And I don't think he is a Trump supporter, but either way, a lot of stuff happening and a lot of just craziness going on. I mean, it was, it was complete chaos watching it in action, complete chaos. So in addition to that, why did all this really take place? The fact is, is that people were obviously upset. They had every right to be upset. I mean, if you really think about it, basically what we were told, and not just what we were told, but what was actually the case, is that there were literally voters and, and votes that did not count in this election, or votes that went towards certain candidates that shouldn't have gone there. I mean, all of the rules in Pennsylvania, for example, just one, that's, that's just one isolated example, but all of the rules for the regulations and requirements behind the actual original vote for president were entirely scrapped out of the door. They didn't care. And what's worse is that the excuse that they used to actually do that was the coronavirus. 
they they said, well, people need to be able to be able to turn in ballots late because coronavirus. They should be able to mail them in at any time with no postmark date or who cares what date it was mailed because of coronavirus. They should be able to not have to worry about putting a signature on the ballot because of coronavirus. That is the justification they used for all of this. They changed the rules and allowed everybody in. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this should have worked. You know, and, and everybody has the right to be upset about it. We should be upset. Because even without all of the fraud, just the mere fact that the rules changed for this election versus other elections should tell you everything you need to know. It was the Democrats that put in the lockdowns. It was the Democrats that wanted to force people not to be able to work and and look like the saviors of all of this, of this entire situation that's been happening over the past year. But the fact remains is that there were discrepancies that we needed to talk about. There were things that happened that needed to come to light and they weren't a- and it wasn't able to happen because of all of the insanity that was basically going on yesterday. So the thing is, is that after all of the riots, after people had basically kind of seen what happened and the crowd was pushed back, a lot of people on Twitter, typically your blue check marks, the people that have refused to condemn Antifa, refused to condemn BLM during the whole entire summer of riots in case for those that actually remember, those same people went out and they said, you know what, we're going to start condemning Trump supporters and these people that basically stormed the Capitol building. Listen, if you didn't condemn BLM or Antifa last year, you have no opinion now. I don't want to hear your opinion. Nobody wants to hear your opinion. Because the problem is, is that these same people are just basically telling us to our face, well, hey, look, as long as it fits our narrative, it's perfectly fine. You have this same exact sentiment repeated on the news. I mean, look at this clip from Chris, Chris Cuomo. In case you don't remember, he basically went out and said, oh, it's fine. These BLM riots and what's happening are perfectly fine. They don't have to be peaceful. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets, persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful and peaceful, 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 peaceful. And Chris Cuomo wasn't the only one that has made statements similar to this. Other Democrats have called for other types of, at least what sounds like violence to me. Ayanna Presley, she says there needs to be unrest in the streets. Kamala Harris, protesters should not let up. And then Nancy Pelosi even said, I don't know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. And then, of course, Maxine Waters, the one that's the most famous. I'll show you a video clip of this because she's out of her mind. If we can't protect the children, we can't protect anybody. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not 
the people are going to turn on them. They're going to protest. They're going to absolutely harass them until they decide that they're going to tell the president, no, I can't hang with you. But that is the hypocrisy that you're going to see from people on the left. And and the truth is, is that they want to tell us this is because these are conservatives. This is because of conservatives that are uh, this is their fault. This is what they've done. That's what I'm seeing all over Twitter is that it's conservatives' fault. But they negate mentioning who these people even were. We don't have a confirmation on exactly who was there. It very well may have been Antifa. It may not have been. We don't know. I think it was a mixture of both, for sure. But either way, nobody was calling for this in particular. But they do have a right to be upset. But if you're going to put the blame on anybody... Blame the people that changed all of the rules before the election started. Blame the people that went out and said, we don't need to even hear your case about election fraud because we just don't care. It's not our responsibility. I mean, the Supreme Court shot down every case that was brought to, forward towards them. and pe- But yet, like a week earlier, people were saying, oh, well... You know, Trump is the one that's going to be, he's got the cord in his hand. The cord is just another another arm of his that he's going to use to take back the, the this election. Where are those statements at now? They're not saying that now. Why? Because they weren't right to begin with. They, they would rather just lie, tell you stupid stuff that makes no sense, and then go back later and just not say anything once it doesn't work out for them. That's how they always have operated. That's That's what they do. And like I said, violence isn't good. These things that people are doing that go beyond what is peaceful is problematic. However, we should fight back. That doesn't mean hurting anybody. That doesn't mean destroying property. But we should fight back against what's happening. Because this election was stolen. If you're looking at what actually took place, I don't care who approved it. I don't care what process it went through to be approved. If the rules change for this election and this election alone, then something is problematic here. And and it is. And we should be the ones speaking out and doing something about it. The fact is that there's a lot of people that are basically leaving the Republican Party right now, or at least considering it, because a lot of Republicans have let them down. And this is because after everything was, or the Capitol was secured, and everything kind of went basically back to normal, later that night... They went ahead and presumed the, or sorry, they went ahead and resumed the session that was going on. So all of the stuff that basically they were talking about before, whether they were gonna going to object or not object, basically went ahead and continued after all of the rights and whatnot took place. Here's the problem, though. Kelly Leffler, the same person that put out a statement a couple of days ago saying that she would object to the electors' interstate basically said that there's no reason to object. She, she gave up. She bailed. Now, she's claiming it's because of the riots I saw today. What do the riots have to do? Listen, the, the reason why this doesn't make sense is because we were basically trying to have a fair election. That's all that was happening. That's all people wanted. Okay, so the reason why you we were objecting or wanted our uh, senators to object 
to the electors is because there was something happening in the state that wasn't correct. The rules changed or there were all of these videos and other affidavits that are now basically irrelevant, I guess, where they were proving their case and showing evidence behind the fact that a lot of the votes that came in were not valid and should be taken out of the count. Now, these objections have to take place or should take place when that happens. And when people saw Penn's statement basically saying, I'm not going to do anything effectively, they went to the Capitol building and protested. Some of it got out of hand. Some people didn't. But regardless, they went out and they did protest against that and what was going on. And you have people like Kelly Leffler, which, like I said, two days ago said, well, I'm going to object to these electors. And then gets on there last night and says, well, that doesn't matter. Mr. President, when I arrived in Washington this morning, I fully intended to object to the certification of the electoral votes. However, the events that have transpired today have forced me to reconsider, and I cannot now in good conscience object to the certification of these electors. The violence, the lawlessness, and siege of the halls of Congress are abhorrent and stand as a direct attack on the very institution my, objected, my objection was intended to protect, the sanctity of the American democratic process. And I thank law enforcement for keeping us safe. I mean, how do you go from one thing to the next and then use the reason why people were protesting as a reason of saying, well, now I'm not going to object. I don't think she was ever planning on objecting to any of this. The fact is that she should have come out and said this a long time ago, but she never did. I mean, where was she at? She waited till two days before the election. It sounds to me like she just kind of was doing it as a last ditch effort. But the fact is, is that she did it because the voters were no longer useful to her. She had already lost her election. She had already, she was already done. She was already gone and out. So I don't think she cared, but it is crazy how, or the amount of Republicans that will side with Trump for the popularity and then entirely turn against him when the narrative fits, when something else changes, because she basically betrayed him right there. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley was one of the ones that actually uh, still stood firm on you know, rejecting the, the actual electors. And he said, we do, we do need an investigation into irregularities and fraud. We do need a way forward together. We need election security reforms. He was one of the few that actually made a statement about it. Matt Gates, thank goodness, from Florida, also made a statement that was pretty interesting to me. I am sure glad that at least for one day, I didn't hear my Democrat colleagues calling to defund the police. Now, I appreciate all the talk. Now, I appreciate all the talk of coming together, but let us not pretend that our colleagues on the left have been free of some anti-democratic impulses. Just because we signed on to legal briefs and asked courts to resolve disputes, there were some on the left who said that we should not even be seated in the body, that we ought to be prosecuted, maybe even jailed. Those arguments anger people, but people do understand the concepts of basic fairness. And of course here, he's entirely correct because 
just like I was kind of mentioning before, Democrats were entirely against the police. They hated them. They were throwing rocks at them. They were spitting in their face. They were doing all of this craziness to them. And then all of a sudden, this is fine. <laughs> police are fine. No big deal, right? So the hypocrisy is also there as well. But even in addition to that, the there's some shots of people basically getting tear gas thrown at them, like I said before, with the rubber bullets. Where were these police officers during the Antifa and BLM riots? I mean, Antifa took over a small chunk of Seattle, and it took them weeks to actually do anything about it. Where were these police officers at? And the fact that one person died there is obviously sad. Any person dying is sad. But BLM, between BLM and Antifa, they've caused 50, 60 deaths over the course of just this summer alone. They've gotten officers killed in the line of duty and, and plenty more, plenty more things. So the hypocrisy is at an all-time high. The ridiculousness from the left is at an all-time high. And it's hard to see exactly where we're going to go from here. But on another note, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter basically banned Trump. That's basically what happened. Now, Twitter put him on a 24-hour suspension. But Facebook initially basically did the same thing. They said they were going to put him on a 24-hour suspension. Now, during the riots, Trump actually came out and he posted a video basically saying, I know you're upset. Everyone's upset, but go home, go in peace. This isn't us. I know your pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. So Trump puts out a call for peace. And what does Twitter do? They censor the tweet. You can't share it. You can't like it. You can't comment on it. How does that make sense? These are the same people that claim and, and accuse Trump of Instant or instigating all of this violence, trying to get people to protest in this way. It's his fault. It's his fault. It's his, his fault. We hear that all day long. But the second he calls for peace, then they censor the tweet. I mean, what is wrong with these social media platforms? They are out of their mind at this point because none of this makes any sense whatsoever. How in the world do you go from one to the other? What did he do wrong? What was wrong with that tweet? I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do there. So after the fact, um, we had a report as well from the uh, Gateway Pundit where they said that a former FBI agent on the ground at the, US, at the U.S. Capitol says at least one busload of Antifa thugs infiltrated the Trump demonstration. Now, whether they came in to look like them, I'm assuming that's probably what happened. 
because they were trying to dress similarly, even though you could tell the difference between them. But uh, it basically said former FBI agent on the ground. Uh, he had texted and confirmed that at least one busload of, busload of Antifa thugs infiltrated the peaceful Trump demonstrators as part of a false flag or false Trump flag operation, which once again is them basically trying to look like Trump supporters. And eyewitness reports, one of the first people to break a window at the Capitol wearing a U.S. flag shirt, but took it off and tossed it in the bush after. Others in dark clothing are urging people to rush forward, starting anti-government chants and crowd. So basically, they kind of showed up as instigators. That's basically what happened. They, they were trying to rile everyone up and kind of run in with the group and, and cause Trump supporters to look bad. And of course, it basically worked because this is what the media wants. This is what the media has been calling Trump supporters for the longest period of time. Even though it's been a lie, they continue to do the same exact thing. And, and that's absolutely ridiculous. So earlier this morning, Trump put out a statement. And after all of the craziness that happened over the past 24 hours, he basically said in a quote, even though I totally disagree with the outcome of the election and the facts bear me out, nevertheless, there will be an orderly transition on November or sorry, on January 20th. I have always said we would continue our fight to ensure that only legal votes were counted. While this represents the end of the greatest first term in presidential history, it's only the beginning of our fight to make America great again. Now, because he was banned, this had to come from Dan Scavino um, for us to actually even see what he was even saying. And this, you know, the, the fact is, is that this isn't really a concession either. Um, but it kind of is, at least on January 20th. There's still time, but the fact is, is that things, the likelihood of things turning around would require a massive miracle. That's just a fact of the matter. There's no way of getting around it. And just as he made that announcement there uh, earlier today, basically Facebook and Instagram said they're going to indefinitely ban Trump until January 20th, which I highly doubt they'll unban him at that time. I think it's just a way to kind of slowly do it, to taper it off. I don't think he's going to get unbanned from any of those platforms. You know, Trump being banned in all these places is like a new form of communism. I mean, if you think about it, that's basically what this is. They don't have to throw him in a labor camp anymore. They'll just say, hey, you can't be on the internet. That's basically how it's happening. The same thing that happened to Laura Loomer. I mean, she can't even get a ride through Uber, as crazy as that is, because she's been banned all over the place. And the same thing is effectively happening to Trump. I don't think it's going to let up. And we're next. That's the truth. We're next on the list as far as all of that is concerned, which is why more than ever and quickly, Trump needs to come to parlor. <laughs> Because that is the only way that we're going to be able to actually effectively fight against what's happening on Twitter and these other platforms. We can no longer remain and stay on Twitter and YouTube and all of the rest of these places when they hate every single thing about us. They don't want Christianity on there. They don't want God on there. They don't want us on there. They don't want any of that on there. They only want what aligns with their beliefs and nothing else. And that's the state of the internet today. So after all of these things have happened, after all of the craziness that has gone down, where are we at? Where are we at as conservatives? Where are we at as people that stand with the actual constitution 
right now we have to rely on God. That's the only way that we will be able to do what it is that we're trying to do. The fact is, is that it doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter who controls the Senate. It doesn't matter who's in the House of Representatives. The fact of the matter is, is that people are flawed. If there's anything that's been proven in the last two days, it's been that people can lie, people will deceive you, people will say whatever it takes to get what they want. And they can do that all day long as long as you continue to put trust in them. Turn your eyes somewhere else. Turn it to God. Because right now, trusting in man is the stupidest thing that we could possibly do. Because it isn't going to end well. It never does when you do that. We are a country run by human beings. And they are innately flawed. Look, we can start another party. We can start the Patriot Party. Call it what you want. But if there's people there... They're going to let you down. They're going to do things that you don't agree with. And there's nothing else that we can do about it besides rely on the one person that doesn't change. And that is God. That ha- that no matter what has happened, has still been the same from the beginning of time and will be the same all the way at the end of time. And I know everybody wants to try and dig their teeth in and try to fix everything. But it isn't going to work this way. Lynn Wood's not going to do it, okay? Look, some of the stuff he's saying, maybe it's true. I don't know. But the fact is, is that where have we gone so far? Let, let's just take a quick recap. We, were to- we had people talking about watermarked ballots. We had people talking about all of the, the military has the ballots, and then they're going to ship them over here, and they're going to go there. Meanwhile, missing the entire discussion, all because of what? All because of what? Where did it go? We were so busy focused on all these other things that had nothing to do with what was going to be proven in court and what this was actually going to come down to. If we want to get this back, get our country back the way that we want it, we need to start, number one, with God. We need to start, number two, with actually being fighters. Number three is understanding that people are flawed. They're not perfect. They will fail you. They're guaranteed to fail you. There will never be a person you'll ever meet in your entire life that will make every decision the way that you want them to make it. When you come to that realization, then we can start making a comeback here. No matter what party it is, Republican, Patriot Party, whatever you want to call it, we have to unite under the fact that we all understand that people will fail us every time. It's the way things are. Trump wasn't the perfect president. He made mistakes too. Even if he was one of the best presidents in, the, in American history. That doesn't mean that he was perfect because no one is. So there we go. There, that's, that's kind of where we're at at this point in time. So many things happen. So much outrage. So much hypocrisy. So, much dub, so many double standards from the media, from the news, from blue check marks on Twitter. That it will blow your mind. So regardless of where you're at right now, don't be depressed. This is the beginning. I firmly believe that, you know, conservatism grows when people really get to see how dumb Democrats can be with policy. This could be a good thing and we're ignoring it. Democrats getting what they want. Let them. 
Let's see what happens. Because we'll be there to present them with the truth and the facts of how these things don't work. But the fact is, is that either way, we are a country that has been through many things in the past year. And if you think 2020 was a big deal, just keep living. Because 2021 is going to be even crazier, as was proven yesterday, so early in the year. But either way, I'm going to continue to be there for all of you. I will continue making shows like this. And and the truth behind all of this is that no matter where we are, no matter what platform we're on, we are patriots. We are the ones that can hold the line, can actually fight for the truth. Don't ever forget that. Because now more than ever, that's what we need. We need fighters for the truth. And all of those Republicans that were running that let you down, remember their names. Remember all of who they are. And go out. Maybe help somebody primary them. Maybe you should primary them. Maybe I should primary them. I don't know. But whatever it is, go out there and fight for the truth, for the people that actually care about this country, and the things that are going on. You just watched an episode from The William Hall Show. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe.